as I do each Monday so far for the last few months, I've been recording these episodes live in the Beyond Measure private community, which if you haven't had a chance to learn about, to check out, it's linked in the description within your podcast player. And I'd love to have you part of it. Today was absolutely wonderful because we did a group activity together for about 30 minutes. We talked about favorite movies, animated movies specifically, and all sorts of different ideas, thoughts, feelings came up. It was great for bonding. And it really uplifted my spirits, which is the aim that I have for other people. And as a facilitator, I sometimes get the added benefit of that too. And, and today was a, a great day and a great example for that to happen because I've actually been having another rough day. I talked about this about three weeks ago on an episode when I really didn't feel like I could socialize at all because I was having such a rough mental health day. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, I will link to that in the description. It, like I said, was exactly three weeks ago. And I was reflecting on the experience of that, I suppose. The fact that, unfortunately for me, I have those challenging mental health days more often than I would like. And I'm trying to track them. This is a recommendation from my therapist who's just been incredibly supportive, coming up with different ideas to help me work through my mental health challenges. And he's been encouraging me to write them down and mark them on my calendar, to take notes, to journal. It's not always easy though, and it's probably going to take a while, much like I'm trying to figure out my sleep issues, which is taking me years and years of time and lots of medical support and lots of personal research. And there's just a lot. I think that's the first thing I want to mention is that mental health is very complicated. It's, it's even more complicated than I ever thought it was before. I think once I dove into this subject matter a few years ago for the podcast, for my personal work, once I went through my well-being coaching training and started to connect with others and pay a lot of attention to mental health, I'm realizing that it's more complicated than I think the media often lets us, or maybe let us isn't quite the right terminology, but the there's a lot of talk about mental health in the media, whether that's social media, traditional media, television, newspapers, magazines, et cetera, books. Mental health is a huge buzz terminology. It's something that as a society, we're discussing more than ever, but we're also struggling with our mental health and different types of mental health in bigger ways than perhaps ever before. I don't know if that's because things are changing or because we're becoming more transparent about it. And I think for a while, I thought that there would be a strategy for mental health. There would be solutions for mental health. Thinking like, if you just go to the right doctor, you can figure it out. If you just take the right medication, if you go to therapy long enough, if you follow these steps, if you try things like meditation and yoga and do all these wellness things, you will figure out your mental health. And sadly, that has not been the case for me. And I haven't really seen it be the case for others. And there are moments like today where that's really apparent. There are moments where I think, wow, I, I feel like I'm doing so much. This is something I'm immersed in personally and professionally. Why is it that I have days like today 
where I am struggling with a lot of anxiety, depression, sadness. And even using those terms has been tricky for me, but they're terms that my therapist, psychiatrists I've seen in the past year or so have, have pointed out. You know, I started seeing a psychiatrist, mm, I don't remember when my first appointment was, but um, not, I saw a psychiatrist many years ago, but I, in the more recent time, I, I saw a psychiatrist because I was suspecting neurodivergence, which, as you might know about me, I'm, I'm on that path. I was really focused on ADHD for a while. I have a lot of traits of ADHD. And I remember the, therap- the psychiatrist specifically saying she didn't think I had ADHD. She wasn't evaluating it for me. But in her personal opinion, she didn't think that that was what's going on. She thought it was anxiety. And it was really interesting to say someone like say, you know, you're really struggling with this and anxiety, not just feeling anxious, but actually experiencing anxiety in a bit of a disordered way. And then when I started going to therapy on a regular weekly basis, as I still currently do, um, my incredible psychologist has pointed out how a lot of the symptoms that I explain are, are part of depression and that actually surprised me because I didn't think that I was struggling with depression. And um, having someone professionally point out that the experience falls into these categories was simultaneously surprising and almost relieving. It was a feeling of, wow, this is a bigger issue and I'm not always in control of it. I mean, that's one of the things with mental health is what I'm getting at here is that Yes, there are a lot of tips. There are lots of things that we can do to support our wellness and our well-being, but they're not always within our control. I don't even know if they're totally within our control. I think there's a lot going on biologically. There's a lot of things like uh, historically from whether it's our personal experiences, maybe traumas that we've gone through, but, but there's even evidence that challenges get passed down to us through our genetics. And so we're kind of up against a lot. And that's a bit comforting to me on days like today where I feel like I'm trying everything and yet still not feeling the way I want to feel. One thing I've noticed is that I'll have days like today in which it feels like my body and my brain are a bit disconnected. Not that I feel split but that I'm experiencing two things simultaneously. Whereas my body feels tired and I can feel like physical tightness. I get it in my throat and my, my stomach. I feel a sense of sadness in my body, heaviness, but my brain seems to be operating great. I feel energized mentally. I feel able to focus, but my body like is behind and I just want to sit around. I don't want to do anything. Socializing can be challenging. And also on days like this, I go through ups and downs. Right now I'm on an up. I don't know if it's because of having multiple cups of coffee. (laughs) I don't know if it's because I went for a walk right before I started Beyond Measure. And I don't know if it's the community element of Beyond Measure that uplifted me. My guess is it's a combination of the three. Uh, But it's very possible that as soon as I'm done recording this, I'm going to crash again and I'm going to go through another low point. And that's scary. The other scary thing is not knowing 
the onset of these things, even though I'm trying to track them. I don't have any logical reason to feel the way that I feel today. That's part of what I mean, too, about not feeling like there's a sense of control. Today's a Monday. There's a little bit of a pattern with Mondays. Uh, I tend to get kind of the Monday blues, I've realized. Still don't fully understand why. Still working on it, trying to figure out, like, is there something I need to do to set up my Mondays in a particular way so I can have the least risk of experiencing what I'm experiencing. But it's possible that even if I set up my Mondays, quote, perfectly comfortable, I would still feel this way anyways. Then I thought, well, what about my Sundays and Saturday? I look back over the weekend and it was lovely. I had a beautiful time with some friends. I had time outside. I got a lot of sunlight. I got lots of exercise. I was very hydrated. Again, checking off all the boxes physically. I got plenty of sleep. I can go down the list. Everything I did. And yet here I am today. And this is what I mean. It's tricky. But I'm committed to sharing these stories with you. And I feel extra committed actually after an experience I've had over the past week. I've mentioned over the last few months since the beginning of 2023, I have been almost entirely off of social media. That really includes TikTok because I was a heavy user of TikTok for years, recognized I was a bit addicted to it. In fact, one of my podcast guests, I think it's Alex Fink, his episode just came out um, a few days before I started recording this episode. A uh, weekend or so before this episode comes out. But um, Alex says in that episode that I was literally having signs of addiction with TikTok and various forms of social media. So the last four months, four and a half months, I haven't been on social media unless there was some sort of purpose, whether that was professionally or needing to communicate with somebody or it was easy to communicate or wanting to see something, but maybe spending a few minutes versus hours on social. Well, I eased up on that a little bit as an experiment. A week or so ago, I started to use LinkedIn more often. And it became a slippery slope because I found the dopamine hits coming up within LinkedIn. Um, I was using it professionally. I was doing some research on there. And I just was playing around with things and I found myself sucked into the algorithm, sucked into wanting to go on there multiple times a day and read and see what came up since the last time I checked it. And I got really into optimizing my profile on LinkedIn. I mean, I went nuts. <laughs> I'm not even done. I don't feel complete with it yet. I still have more that I want to do. I got sucked into connecting with people and following people and I, all these old social media habits started to come up. And perhaps that's part of the way I, reason I'm feeling the way I am. That could be a clue, right? I know that social media personally does not feel great for me and my mental health. Professionally, I can kind of put it in a different category. I can um, detach it a bit because I'm doing social media work for somebody else. But when it comes to me and my personal social media usage, usually not good. So I'm observing myself using LinkedIn. And I am noticing moments of the comparison trap that can happen a lot on platforms like that. 
you haven't used LinkedIn or haven't spent a lot of time on there, it can be a lot if not mostly people sharing their highlights, their achievements, talking about the things that happened to them and professionally. And, and you can fall into this trap of thinking, oh my gosh, look at so-and-so and everything they're achieving. Look at the success they have. How does that compare to mine? And I felt that. But the positive side of LinkedIn that I'm noticing is that there are personal benefits I think I use that word benefit lightly, <laughs> but um, there's been a lot of talk this month, specifically in April 2023, around autism. And given that I am uh, all signs so far pointing towards me having a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder, ASD, um, clinically, you know, clinically, I'm on the path for that. Um, done a lot of self-diagnosis diagnosis work as well as with my therapist. And so I'm really interested in autism. And I spend a lot of time reading other people's stories to try to figure out, do I align with them? What traits do I have? And there's been a lot of that on LinkedIn. This month is autism awareness, or sometimes people call it autism acceptance month. There's some debates about which is the right terminology. This month in April focuses a lot on autism. And so I'm seeing a lot of posts about this. And it inspired me to start talking about my experiences more because every time I read about someone's experience with autism, I feel a bit of relief. I feel curiosity. I feel companionship. I feel like I'm not alone in my experiences. I feel connected to other people. And that's how I want to use social media. Now, speaking of connection, I want to pause for a second to read the chat over in Beyond Measure, which I, I could see out of the corner of my eye has been a bit lively. Um, one of the members asked me, what does mental health mean to me? Oh, that's a good question. It's a complicated one. And this is how my brain works is I get very analytical with questions like this. <laughs> um, and so my first instinct is I want to sit down and I want to write down all of my thoughts, process them. And then I want to go research it and add in other people's thoughts. That's how I will def like, that's how I am able to answer a question like that best on the spot. I'm a little iffy. So I wouldn't say that my best answer is about to come out of my mouth, but I'm going to try anyways. Mental health to me is is a little hard to pinpoint because it is very specific to each person. To me, it, it's, it's part of the holistic viewpoint on our overall health. It's not our physical health. So what mental health isn't is our physical body. Mental health for me is probably a combination between our brain health and our emotional, our mind and spirit. To me right now in this moment, those comprise our mental health, the emotions we're experiencing, and also the chemical stuff going on. Like I said, when I was talking about control, there's a lot of stuff going on in each of our brains, very unique. And some of that we don't have control over, or maybe the majority of it, we don't have control over the chemicals, reactions, because that could be genetics, that could be all sorts of things. You know, for me, with neurodivergence, 
it's much more complex than I ever knew because I didn't know what neurodivergence even meant until a few years ago. And now that I'm doing the work with psychiatrists, psychologists, understanding anxiety, depression, neurodivergence, autism, specifically within neurodivergence, it's helping me realize like, it's okay. Like this is not necessarily my fault, right? So when I started off talking about mental health in this episode, what I was trying to get at is I think we as a society have this tendency to control. I think human beings really enjoy control. I personally love control. Control makes me feel psychologically safe. But on days like today, when I don't feel like I have control, I can try to create it, grasp for it, or I can try to let go and say, it's okay. You don't have to change it. And that's part of what I come to on days like this. What if instead of trying to get myself in a better mood, what if tr what I try to overcome depression, anxiety, sadness, all those emotions and fix it? What if I just let it be? And that's a little bit more of a Buddhist mentality. Things that I've learned in meditation classes, for example, like meditation is often the process of letting go and not trying to control. I personally don't love traditional types of meditation on my own. I'm great in a meditation class, but I'm not great at meditating at home. I don't desire it. But I can practice my own version of meditation in moments right now where I can say, what if I just let go? That in itself can be a meditation practice. That can tie into the mental health of recognizing that there's complexities and I can start off with maybe a simpler approach to it. So it's not a clear-cut definition of mental health, but that's part of my answer. I'm going to go back to other parts of, of the chat too. The same member in Beyond Measure said, I believe one of the biggest problems with, quote, mental health is that humanity's definition is not accurate. Oh, I'd be curious to hear what your definition is. Another member said, it's a feeling of exhaustion, usually, that coincides with not recharging and doing self-care. And it will only get worse and worse if I don't rest in self-care. I'm an introvert and an empath and a highly sensitive person. So it's imperative for me to recharge and get self-care or it will lead to depression. Yeah. And recharging and self-care each have their own definitions for each of us. We have different needs. And I think there can be a compounding effect too. I've noticed this with myself that it takes a long time. In fact, I think even um, the research has shown that burnout is not something that is quickly addressed. Meaning you can't just sleep and, and suddenly be no longer burnt out. It can be a month's or years long process for some people. And what's challenging is trying to operate and ca catch up and st or stay with the flow while also trying to recharge and recover and do self-care. You're, you're actually not recovering as much as you might think so. And our society isn't fully set up for it. I think it's a privilege to be able to recharge and it's a privilege to have time for self-care. And that's part of why it feels confusing to me is that I know I have a lot of privilege and the choices that I've made in my life 
such as not having children, at least not yet. Um, that's a very different scenario than somebody that has kids. The privilege that I've had to learn how or be able to structure my life in which I don't have to work a lot of hours right now. I honestly, if I were working 40 hours a week, which I do not currently work, 40 hours a week would be unmanageable for me. And that's actually a huge issue. I'm learning about the autism community. Um, autistic people statistically really struggle with getting and finding and keeping work. And maybe part of that is that the workload and the work hours, like they're really hard when you have mental health challenges or disorders, disabilities. Um, so anyways, it's, it's confusing because, you know, again, I can look at my life and think, why doesn't this all add up to happiness every single day? <laughs> that's a big mystery for me. But then maybe it's that's part of the answer is it's not supposed to add up to anything. Maybe the desire for things to add up and equations to be made and strategies to work. What if the answer is that actually none of that stuff really works anyways? What if it's always a work in progress? And what if that's the gift? One big thing I've learned over the years is that the joy is in the journey, not the destination. And to me, trying to get an answer to an equation, trying to reach a certain point, trying to find the right strategy, that's the, the point, you know, like the destination. But what if instead I can detach and say, I don't need to feel happy and unstressed and all of these things that, you know, even the language that I've used in the past, I want to acknowledge that I've participated in trying to find strategies for happiness and lower anxiety and, you know, on and on and on. I've used all that language myself. I'm trying to untether myself from that personally and professionally and not try to not be anxious and not try to not be depressed, but maybe just be in a place of, hey, you're doing a lot of great things, period. Your journey is valid. Your journey is good. Enjoy the journey. And even enjoy the parts of the journey that feel really, really tough. I'm going to spend a little bit more time in the chat because it's been really active. And I, I want to give gratitude to the Beyond Measure members that are here present with me and with each other, having great conversations. It's amazing. There are people having the whole side conversations in real time. So if you're listening to this episode on Beyond Measure, and you're yearning for community and connection, like-minded people and support, like it blows my mind how that continues to build and beyond measure. And it's completely free. Every Monday right now, I'm recording these episodes and just witnessing all sorts of remarkable things happen. People talking about what types of self-care work for them. Um, kept, uh, <laughs> one of the members, sorry, I'm trying not to identify people by name without their permission, but other people identifying um, my with the feelings that I have about LinkedIn, people putting their best foot forward on there. I agree. I, it kind of makes me sad, actually, because LinkedIn has always felt a little bit like a safe place psychologically compared to the other social networks. But LinkedIn has worked on being like the other social networks. It hasn't always been like that. Um, but there's it is so much like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. TikTok even, like all of that has come in there. And what I don't enjoy about that is it doesn't feel connected. I yearn for connection. 
And that's why I developed and put, have put so much time and effort and passion into Beyond Measure because this is what's happening right now in real time as I record this episode live. This is the connection that I've desired. And there's just so much. There's more than I can even cover. But I, before I wrap up, I want to just see if there's any other uh, points here. And I don't mean to ignore anyone. It's just uh, one downside to the Beyond Measure platform is the chat keeps jumping up every time a new comment comes up and I can't keep up with it. Hmm. Oh, that's so interesting. One of the members talking about their experience of sharing a really tough time in their life and people commenting, you're so brave. And sometimes what people comment to us is not actually what we're asking for or wanting. And it can, in my experience, it makes me feel worse. Like you put yourself out there to be vulnerable or transparent. And then somebody says something, you're like, Ooh, <laughs> that doesn't feel good. And my, I'm curious for the person that posted that, um, how you felt about it. Do you just want to be hurt? Sometimes we just want someone to listen. And comments are, can be there, but we don't necessarily want them. I mean, what I started to do is just not read the comments anymore. But then that was a disconnect because, like I said, I want to connect. So I do want the two-sided. But sometimes I feel like I have to put up a wall because I'm afraid that somebody's going to say something and I'm going to feel misunderstood. That's a trigger for me. It's tough. I see another person in the chat talking about being high functioning autistic. And you know, actually I'm learning even that term high functioning is shifting. And if you're curious about it, I'd be happy to share with you personally or in another episode. Um, terms like Asperger's are, are being phased out. There's some problematic issues similarly to a uh, high and low functioning autism. I posted actually on my LinkedIn and I'd be happy to share this. I'll put a link to this in the chat. Sorry for any, the beeping in the background. If you hear that, my window's open right now, but um, I found this great graphic that showed the autism spectrum as a circle, not as a line. And that was so helpful. This is the benefit of LinkedIn. I found this on LinkedIn. So you can find some great information there from other people sharing and how through the circular viewpoint of autism, people can fall into different traits. So instead of seeing it as lo low, meaning on the spectrum of a line, you could see like small or large, right or, or left or right, low or high. It's just a circle. So all types of autism are equal. They're just colored in differently and, and sh showing different characteristics. And there's a huge shift happening in the world um, to look at autism very differently. And I think that might explain why people like myself who are discovering this about themselves late in life, late, I don't know, that's very relative, but later in life, I'll say, not as a child, as many people in the past used to get diagnosed as children, still happens, but more and more, it seems like adults are discovering that they're autistic and didn't know it. Part of the theory is that the diagnosis criteria has changed and the viewpoints have changed and the research has changed. 
So we're all learning together. And I think that ties back into mental health in general is there's a lot of antiquated ideas and tactics and approaches. The medical system doesn't change very quickly. So getting diagnosed, getting support from a doctor, getting support from a psychologist, a coach even, um, sometimes the information you're getting is not keeping pace with the developments and the research that are coming out. So it's, that's part of what makes it tough is it really depends who you talk to and get all these different viewpoints. Um, so this is a complicated discussion and um, lots of amazing things being shared and other people's experiences that I'm scanning through. I'm so grateful for it all just not able to encapsulate it all in this episode. But the chat itself right now is a beautiful example of why Beyond Measure works so well and fills a gap that I have not found, or it fills the gap that social media hasn't filled for me. So for those listening who are curious about the types of conversation that go on that I can't possibly encapsulate or properly represent, you can come experience it firsthand within Beyond Measure. Would love to have you there. Would love to get to know you. I want to send so much gratitude to the people that have joined live today to talk to one another, to not just talk to me, but to talk with each other and share with each other, be heard and seen, witnessed, and all of your beautiful humanity beyond measure. It's it's a wonderful thing for me to witness, and I'm grateful for you holding space for me and for others. And to those that are listening to the podcast that don't want to join Beyond Measure, I see you too. I value you. There's no judgment about whether you join or not. Just encouragement. But you too are someone that I deeply value listening to this podcast, pondering these things. You're holding space for yourself and me at the same time. My psychologist said something really powerful to me in our last session, and I'll end with this, was that I was... It's a little too complex to share exactly what was going on, but um, I was processing a really challenging experience and my psychologist said that the, the processing that I was going through was in itself contributing to the world in a way, even if no one else witnessed it besides himself. In other words, we don't always every, we don't always need to be public with our emotions, but our emotions are added to the collective energy of the human experience. And depending on your belief system, it's like a prayer, I suppose, you know, from my viewpoint of praying, you could be sitting in your room quietly. No one else could see or hear what you're doing, but you're doing it because you believe that that energy has a ripple effect on the world. And so even if you're, quote, just listening to a podcast, your action is felt beyond that, meaning that I appreciate it. But what if it has a ripple effect to other listeners or other people around the world? Like, what if that energy is all tied together? Perhaps it's not a what if. What if that just is the fact? So with that, I'm going to wrap up today's episode, finish reading the chat and give my focus to it. And thank you 
for listening, holding space, being there. I'll be back with another episode this Friday with a special guest and then another quote solo episode. I don't even know if I can call them solo episodes anymore now that there's so much interaction and beyond measure. I would say I'm going to switch from saying solo episode to beyond measure episode because this is a community effort in which this takes place. So I'll be back again live next Monday. Would love to have you there and hoping that you are doing your very best, whatever your best looks like today. Till next time. Bye.